0: Good morning and welcome to Noah's window. For the last couple of days, I've been talking about how similar our times are to the times when people were anticipating the coming of Jesus the first time 2000 years ago. You know, one big similarity is we know God's about to do an awesome thing. Jesus is coming back. And yet, you know, when we think about what's going on in our world and watch the news, does it really feel like God's about to do the biggest thing he's ever done? Not necessarily. I mean, if you just focused on the times, we've got the coronavirus and World governments are in a mess. The economy is on the brink of ruin. You know, we're inflated and having all kinds of issues. So does it feel like God's about to do the most extraordinary thing with Jesus coming back? Well, whether it feels that way or not, the signs of the time tell us that Jesus coming is very soon. And I really think that's how the people were when Jesus was born the first time. You know, God had said he would put a king on the throne forever, a descendant of David. Well, There hadn't been a descendant on the throne of Judah for hundreds of years, five, 600 years. But there were people who were anticipating the coming of Jesus into the world. We talked yesterday about the role that the word of God played in their lives. God had made promises and they believed that God was gonna keep his promise even though it didn't necessarily feel like the birth of the Messiah was about to happen. Well, today I want to look at a couple of elderly people in the story of Jesus' birth. They're not married. Uh, They're probably of similar age. I'm guessing that both are in their 80s, but they're so looking forward to the coming of Jesus. And I'd like to just pretty well read their story. I'm not gonna comment a lot on this, but I do think these are just wonderful stories. The first person we're gonna read about is an elderly man whose name is Simeon. Uh, If you're at any of the Christmas Eve services, I'll actually be talking about Simeon. This message is called Can I Hold the Baby? And Simeon actually got to hold the baby. So let's read about him first. For me, Simeon is a counterpoint. He's he's in contradistinction to Herod. You know, Herod is the guy with all the power. He's the guy with all the trappings. He's sitting on the throne, but he's oblivious to what God is doing in the world. And in God's sight, Herod, although he's big stuff in the world, Herod is, is nothing. But on the other hand, you have this elderly man, Simeon, that the world would just walk right by, but clearly God thinks highly of Simeon. And that's an important lesson for us because You may feel like today that you're just part of the crowd that you kind of blur into, you know, nothingness in the way the world looks at you, but God sees your heart and he knows you. And if you have a heart for Jesus Christ, you're very important to him. So let's read the story of Simeon. The Bible says, at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout. Well, that makes him very different from (laughs) the crowd in those days. Righteous, it meant he just, he, he made right decisions. He made right choices. Devout, that means he was focused on God. That God was a big part of his life. So that's what those two words mean. He was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. And then this is beautiful. The Bible says the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, let me just stop at that moment because the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit came upon all believers when Jesus left. But from time to time, before Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to the church, the Holy Spirit of God would come upon people throughout the entire Old Testament. And the Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit being upon Simeon. Now, the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk about this perhaps sometime, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. God is Father, God is Son, God is Holy Spirit. One God, but three persons. That's an extraordinary, extraordinary truth. And I have to be honest with you, I don't fully understand all of that. You know, from time to time, people have tried to explain the Trinity to me and they'll say, well, it's like ice, you know, it can be solid, it can be vapor, it can be you know, it can be fluid. No, the Trinity is not like that. People have told me, well, it's like an egg. You know, you have the shell and the white and the yolk. No, no, there is no human explanation. There is no material explanation that corresponds to the Trinity, but we know that it's true and we take it by faith, that God is Father, He is Son, He is Holy Spirit. The wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at once. You know, when Jesus was on the earth in a human body, he he could only be in one place in one time. And this is why he told the disciples the last night of his life before he went to the cross, it is better for you that I go away because he said the Holy Spirit will be with you and in you. I've long loved what Abraham Lincoln said to the people of Springfield when he left to be inaugurated. He said, I leave you with the one who can both stay with you and go with me. That is the Holy Spirit. But this is before Jesus breathed out the Holy Spirit to the church. In this particular case, the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. Now, I've said all what I've just finished saying to say this, every single one of us, if we've accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, the same Holy Spirit is in our life. Now look at this, the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah so he knew it was close and he of course course, like we talked about yesterday had all the scriptures that prophesied the coming of the lord well mary and joseph now are taking baby jesus to the temple to dedicate him we dedicate our babies at new spring it was an act of determining that this baby or declaring that this baby belonged to god and couples did that so they had taken baby jesus to the temple And that day, the Bible says, verse 27, this is in Luke chapter two. That day, the spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God saying, I love this, sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen, and this is in the Christmas Eve sermon, I have seen your salvation. Just, Spoiler alert. When I'm preaching the message, can I hold the baby? Um, I ask the question, what would you be holding in your arms if you could hold the baby? And Simeon answers that question. He said, I've seen your salvation. Jesus is God's salvation. In fact, his name, Jesus, means God is my salvation. And Simeon goes on to say, I've seen your salvation and I've seen your plan." Well, Simeon, of course, is giving glory to God. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said, verse 33, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the baby's mother, this is interesting. The child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul, which of course that was fulfilled when Mary stood at the cross and watched her son being crucified. But Simeon made the point that, that the very person of Jesus was gonna force a choice, and Jesus talked about that. We, we hear today a lot about inclusion, as if everybody can be included. While it might be a noble goal to make everyone feel included, the story of Jesus is a story that brings a decision and a choice. And as Simeon pointed out, there are many who reject Jesus. He does make a choice obvious. Well, one more, one more person that we want to look at, and this is a woman named Anna. And the Bible says she was a prophet. So God had given her the ability to communicate his word that he, he had brought to her. And Anna was a prophet. She was also there in the temple. She was a daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. She was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. So she had been a widow for most of her life. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. I'd love to bet a fly on the wall at that moment. Simeon is holding the baby Jesus and he's declaring, that God has been true, that uh, this was God's salvation and plan. And there's Anna who stayed at the temple just constantly before the presence of God, praying, seeking guidance and, and communicating the good news of God's word to others. And then she talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. And I think that must've been something, you know. Uh, Anna, whenever she met anybody, she told them about the baby, she told them about Jesus. And I think I want two things to be true in my life from the story of Simeon and Anna. Number one, I wanna be filled with the spirit of God and sensitive to God's leadership in my life. Because you know, if Simeon hadn't listened to the Holy Spirit, he would have missed the experience of a lifetime. And I have to ask myself, am I really sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leadership in my life? Because I think God wants me to experience many things that the Holy Spirit would lead me into. And especially as I read his word. And then I think about Anna, do I tell everybody about Jesus? This 87 year old lady, 84, however old she was, she must've been something talking about Jesus all the time. And there were people that thought, well, she must be Jesus' grandmother because she talked about him incessantly, but God help us to be sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit like Simeon and to always tell people about Jesus because we have experienced him in our lives and we're looking forward to his coming again like like these two were looking forward to his coming the first time. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the promises that we have. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit and that you prompt us, especially as we read your word, to focus on what you want us to know and experience. And we do pray that we will tell others about jesus every day we do pray for the christmas eve services that begin very soon we ask that your holy spirit will work not only in wichita for those who will attend but throughout the united states those who will watch online and watch on television and we'll give you the praise and glory in jesus name amen thanks for joining us today on noah's window we'll be back very soon as we close out the story of the birth of jesus